0: You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday Morning Message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Praise God. It's good to see you all. And again, just as Michael said, welcome to our community. I hope if you're here for the first time or you haven't been here for a while that you received a warm welcome we see it as very important that nobody feels they're on the outside. There is no inner circle in this church. We are all equal. Would anybody say amen? amen? Amen means I agree. It's an old Hebrew word. Just want to say again, congratulations to Eunice on your graduation. And I do believe it was a PhD graduation. So it's not just that she did a course at night time. This is a really serious uh, move that she made. So... In environmental science or something like that, isn't it? Public health, health. okay. So anyway, well done, my love. God bless you. I'm going to be looking today at uh, a portion of the scriptures in the Old Testament. And the reason I'm looking at it is when I'm preparing a word, a talk, a message, a sermon, whatever way you want to call it, Um, There's various things that stimulate me. Sometimes I'm reading the Bible and the verses will really pierce my soul. And it's like the Holy Spirit says, stop, and I can't read on. Other times there's experiences in my day-to-day life with the family, with myself, that will spring a thought or a message into my mind. And then sometimes somebody will come up to me and talk to me. And that's what happened with this because a couple of weeks ago, one of the younger or newer uh, young people who've come to faith in Jesus Christ came up and asked me a question about uh, this verse in the Bible. And it started a whole process over the last few weeks. because, uh, Because when she asked me the question, I was absolutely taken up with what happened thousands of years ago. And as soon as she said it to me, and reminded me of the scripture verse that I knew, but hadn't read recently, it started a whole thought process in me. So today I am looking at this strange, quite strange bunch of verses in the Old Testament, and I'm calling it, uh, look up and be healed, because everybody here is sick. Every one of us. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of what? Who will answer that? The glory of God. God. So spiritually, every one of us is out of kilter until we make our peace with God. And many of us may be sick spiritually, um, but also physically or emotionally, our hearts may have been broken, or mentally we may be coping with something that was quite traumatic. And the theme throughout the Bible from beginning to end is about the one who will heal us. Hallelujah. And that's my message today. And you might say to yourself, not another message about God can heal me. I remain unapologetic. Every time I read something like this, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because the God of the Bible is alive. And what he did thousands of years ago He's doing here, and he's doing all over the world for those who look up to him. Some of us may be here today, and we're only looking up because God bought us low. Because when we fall low, we've nowhere else to look, and then God gets our attention. And so that's what I'm going to be looking at today. The book of Numbers is in the Old Testament. If you're listening on the podcast Uh, It's Numbers 21, verses 4 to 9. And I pray, Holy Spirit, move in power in this place today. Shatter any lies that we have bought in from the culture in our heads and in our hearts. And deliver us from generational curses in Jesus' name. Amen. So the context of what I'm going to share today is thousands of years ago and it's the people of God known as the Israelites and for those who are new to studying scripture, they were the people of God and they were enslaved in Egypt and then the Lord delivered them from the slave master. He still delivers from slave masters. Maybe your slave master was alcohol or drugs or a toxic relationship or a crazy sexual situation, or maybe it was a love of money that consumed you. I don't know. God knows. But every one of us had a slave master. And so they were delivered, and for many decades they were wandering through the wilderness, heading towards the promised land. And we're going to take up a conversation and a situation that happened, and it was just a couple of years before the end of their 40 years in the wilderness. We're coming towards a conclusion of the wilderness years. It is, if you will, a transition season. And if you are in a transition season in life, going from one situation to the other, just like a war, just like anything, it can be quite a dangerous time. And so this is where we're going to pick up the conversation. Moses, many of you will know his name. He was the leader appointed by God. And yet he was a great leader because the Bible said he was the most humble man on the face of the earth. There was no ego here. There wasn't some would-be type Pope personality with all due respect. This was someone who really didn't want to be a leader but knew God had called him to it. And with a humble heart he served the people. And so let's pick up Numbers 4 to nine. As the Israelites continued on their journey in the wilderness near Edom, the people grew impatient They spoke against God and against Moses. Why did you ever bring us out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? There's no bread and water, and we hate this miserable manna. Now it kind of gets a bit uncomfortable. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among them. And many Israelites died. And the people then came to Moses and said, We have sinned against the Lord and against you. Pray, the Lord will take the snakes away from us. And so Moses prayed. And then God said, Make a bronze snake on a pole. Anyone bitten can look up to this and live. So Moses made the bronze snake and he put it on a pole. And then when anyone was bitten by a poisonous snake, they looked up at that bronze snake and they were healed and they lived. Hallelujah. Even in the midst of judgment, there is healing and hope and a future. Praise God. So this is the Old Testament. You and I are living in the New Testament dispensation or era. But this was the time when judgment was more to the fore, if you will. But there are principles that carry through all of time that never change. So if we look at what happened, we can see in verse 4 and 5, look at the words that were used. So these people weren't looking up, they were looking down. They were impatient. They were against God. And if someone is angry at God, and I've been there myself, it's hard to get angry at God, he's out there. You're going you're gonna to lash out at whoever is around you who represents God. So they were angry and against Moses. They had why questions. I would say half of us here this morning have bought in a why with us. And sometimes God answers the why, and sometimes we're gonna have to wait until we stand before him to get the full answer as to the why in our lives. And some people can't handle that, but they had whys. Look what they were saying, there's nothing here. There's nothing going on here. And they hated their no. Remember, manna was supernatural. It was a miracle. It was God's blessing into their lives, feeding them every day. And yet they called it miserable. They hated it. So their hearts, or using a contemporary word, their attitude was way off. But I think every one of us have been here. I mean, I can think back over the years myself and... I don't know, I remember being impatient with what I was going through. Why why isn't it happening? Uh, I can remember being angry with God and being angry with pastors and other people like that. I can remember having my why questions and struggling to try and figure it out. I remember being through seasons where I'm feeling miserable with my situation. Why is it like this? And I can remember all of these things going on in my life and I'm sure you've got that as well. And I would suggest and suspect that many of us are to some degree in a different place like that because this is the human condition. The difference is, and maybe you're gonna hate me for saying this, the difference is we're Christians. And we have to bring our attitudes before the Lord and not let our attitudes destroy us. You can walk out in the curtain street and you can meet people who are destroying their lives because of unresolved anger. Because they just can't handle what's happening in their lives. And they have no one to hand the worry and the anxiety and the burden over to. They're looking down. They're not looking up. And this is the human condition, if we're honest. And this is where I've been. And I suspect where many of us have been. And maybe some of us to some degree, even today, this is where we are. So here they are, impatient, angry, why, nothing here. I hate the no. And if we are wise, and I'm making this an appeal, and those of you who are just on your phones or whatever, can I call out to you? Try and hear what I'm saying. We can make a wise decision if we're in this place. There's no shame in being in it. But we can make a wise decision and say, I'm not going to let this go any further. I'm going to stop this now. Because with these people, they didn't stop. They weren't wise. And we read that God sent poisonous snakes among them and many died. And, and some of us really struggle with this type of thing because God is a God of love, and he is. And God is a God who is for us, and he is. He's not against us. But if we really get angry and we really start hating our situation, and we start fighting against God, you know what? He's also a God who must be feared. Would anyone else say Amen. And you won't hear that today because people have taken the message of Jesus, which is, of course, so positive and life-giving, but we forget the balance that occasionally we need to fear God as well as love him. And and I don't want to overemphasize that or throw anybody into a whole trip where you're terrified of God. It's not a terror. The word is actually better translated as an awe. Now that word awesome isn't really a word we use here. It's more an American English word, but it's a good word because you're in awe of God. You know he's more powerful than you. You know he's in control. And so that respect, that's what that fear means. Now, many contemporary Bible scholars believe that because this was um, a transition period, not long more they were going to be going into the Promised Land. And if you can remember the background, I don't have time to go into it this morning, but the original generation who were in Egypt were a rebellious generation. They wouldn't go into the Promised Land because they were afraid. See, some of us are here this morning and we're afraid of taking the next step with God. Fear is like a wheelchair. Faith is the opposite to fear. Sometimes we got to get out of that wheelchair. But this whole generation were afraid to go into the promised land, except for Joshua and Caleb. And the surprising thing is, and actually many Bible scholars say that it is that generation, this was the last death, if you will, Of that whole generation because the Lord waited until all of that unbelieving generation had died out before this new generation could come and enter the promised land with a bit of faith. But what amazes me is that in the mix of the throng, it was the older people were setting the younger people on the wrong track. Their generation had very little faith, even though they had seen miracles. They were a begrudging, rebellious generation. And the new generation, who had never known Egypt, had more faith. And yet, the younger people were carried along by their parents and their parents' rebellion. Because there was a rebellion in the parents' culture to some degree it was rubbing off on the next generation. And some of us here are bringing our parents' baggage, hear me, we're bringing our parents' baggage with us and that can kill us. And if dad was cruel and distant or mum was very manipulating or whatever was going on we need to look up and be healed Amen. and not bring that baggage with us Amen. but God sent a judgment in here and the snakes came and so we can be wise and take action before this God sends a snake situation into our lives So that generation died out, and they bought it on their own heads. But this new generation, while they had sinned in being angry with God, caught up with their parents' baggage, they were equally enthusiastic and upfront to come and repent. And they said, we have sinned. Remember now, all the parents' generation were now dead. This is the next generation. This is the new move of God. This is the whole generation who, in about a year and a half or two years' time, are going to come in and conquer the promised land and be an example that is still spoken about 4,000 years later. And so God was preparing them for a great work, but he was also disciplining them. And the Bible tells us that the father disciplines who? But, but he disciplines those whom he loves, his sons, his daughters. Which one of us as parents, if our children don't go wild, that we don't put some discipline in? It might be different in different households. I can remember if my own kids were going a bit off-beam, then they wouldn't get any pocket money or they'd be grounded or whatever. And I didn't do that to try and um, make them unhappy. I did it because I I loved them and I wanted to protect them from crazy... Um, decision-making and so in the same way God was preparing this generation and if the Lord didn't intervene they would never have gone into the promised land we would never have had an Israel of God we would never have seen a Messiah born in a Jewish culture we would never have the Christian movement so much was dependent on attitudes of this generation but when they came and repented and said sorry Maybe some of us today privately need to say sorry to the Lord. Mike touched on that already. They also asked Moses to pray that the snakes would go. And I want to prophesy here that some of us are in a snake situation. At work, in our heads, in our bodies, in our relationships. And God is going to get rid of the snakes in your situation today. Hallelujah. If we look up. Keep looking in. And you get nowhere. Keep looking down, you won't go anywhere. But we look up, we'll be healed. That's the message of today. Pray the snakes would go. And so Moses did as the Lord asked. And the Lord told him to make this strange thing, this bronze snake. And If you've ever, maybe for those who were around a while, you may have seen various artists' impression of this that was painted a couple of hundred years ago. And you might see a kind of a a snake swirling around uh, the place. But actually most Bible scholars today believe the snake was straight. It was straight, but it was put on a horizontal pole. So, Sorry, the snake was vertical, the pole was horizontal. You know where I'm going with this. So when Moses began to hold this up, what did it look like? It looked like a cross. So here we have a foretelling, a prophetic picture of what was going to come thousands of years before Jesus Christ would die at the place of the skull Golgotha, before he would make the perfect sacrifice on the cross. Here we have a foreshadow, a prophetic symbol in the desert in a place of snakes, even if you were bit by the most poisonous snake, that you could look up and be healed. And when you would be in that crowd of two and a half million people, what would you see? You'd see a cross. That's what you would see. And so verse 9 tells us that Moses obeyed. And the reason the cross, if you will, came into their experience was because of the snakes. The snakes stopped them in their tracks and got their attention. The contemporary Bible scholar David Guzik says, what will it take to get you to look up to the Lord? Do we really have to wait for a snake to come into our experience? I remember preaching years ago on, not this verse, something like that, and uh, one of the guys who came from overseas came up to me afterwards and he said, but pastor, there are no snakes in Ireland. St. Patrick got rid of all the snakes, hallelujah. (laughs) I'm speaking figuratively. Hallelujah, we don't have any snakes in Ireland. Isn't that a blessing? Oh, some of us miss the snakes, do we? Oh, I just love an old snake in the bed there. A good old snake in Africa or Thailand or wherever. No, Ireland is a blessed land. Hallelujah. (laughs) But what will it take for me or you? Because we're all the same. We're all broken human beings. What will it take for us to look up? Do we really need the snakes? Or are you and I, are we wise to reflect for a moment and say, I don't need to wait for the snakes. If my attitude is out of kilter, I can get right today. I don't have to wait to be bitten. If you read into it, the snakes were known as fiery snakes. So they were deeply poisonous. And so Moses does this. And then we're told in this wonderful verse 9 as well, when anyone was bitten and looked up, they were healed and they lived. That message from thousands of years ago hasn't changed. If you have been bitten by your experience, you can look up today to Jesus Christ and be healed. Hallelujah. So when this uh, young believer, when she came to me and asked me this, it really started my whole process thinking about how wonderful it is when we can see this and we can see that the Lord can heal us. Remember, this new generation were up front in their anger originally, but they were equally up front in their repentance. And there is, of course, embedded within that the spiritual principle. If we sin publicly... So if I speak, for example, up here against an individual and it's wrong, then I need to repent publicly. I need to say the following Sunday, say, what I said was wrong, I'm sorry, I repent. If something was said in private that was wrong, we don't need to say anything in public, but we do need to repent privately. So let's just remember that principle, it's not what I'm talking about today. But these guys weren't too proud to admit it when they were wrong. If you want to look into this a little bit deeper, just remember the generation transition season. They were very soon to approach the promised land. Bronze is a symbol of judgment. If you want the theological term, it is metallurgical symbolism. Now, weren't you thinking of metallurgical symbolism when you were eating your uh, huitabix this morning? It was in the top of your mind. But bronze is a symbol of judgment. And so this snake, which was bronze, was a symbol of judgment. It was evil because the snake symbolizes evil in many ways. But it's an evil that has been judged. And that's why it points to the cross of Calvary. And it points to the fact that Jesus, who had no sin, took our sin upon him and died on the cross. So the evil that was in us, was judged, it's done, hallelujah. It's done. It's finished. It was a very unusual instruction. The Judaism of the Bible never really had them looking at statues or anything like that. And I'm going to be looking a little bit at this on Tuesday night. They never really did that. <clears throat> so this was quite unusual. It only happened a couple of times and that's why we need to pay attention to it. It was how God got our attention. And there's loads of scriptures, but you can see Psalm 78, Hosea 5, Exodus 8. You you can read them yourselves uh, later on or another time at how in different situations when men and women like you and like me God breaks into get our attention and this is how he did it to the people collectively as a community but he does it as individuals as well all of this, of course, begins with the very first step of God getting our attention where we look up. I think Isaiah put it so well in Isaiah forty-five twenty-two: Look to me and be saved, says the Lord. There is no other. Amen. He is the way. Let's say it again. He is the way the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father, Jesus said, except through me. Oh, that is so exclusive. But that's what he said. Either he's a gangster and the biggest liar ever, or what he said is true. So we come to Jesus today, but we look up to him to be healed. And so if this is new to you, and if today you're wondering about all of this, Can I encourage you to look up to the Lord today and start with saving faith. And what saved means is that your soul is rescued from a future that is far from God. So there's no more crossing our fingers and hoping if I really cross my fingers and toes I'll get to heaven. Hello? That doesn't work. We can have certainty about heaven in our lives. And it's trusting in Jesus and inviting him to come in to our lives. So brothers and sisters, we need to look up and we need to be healed. Some of us are in a snake situation and we need to pray healing into your situation today. More of us have bought baggage with us from our parents and it is stumbling you. Honestly, I've had it too. I had a very traumatic relationship with my own father. And for years, it stumbled me, and I struggled with the residue of what was left over and my memories of that. I had to lay it all at the Lord's feet. And I have yet to meet a human being, if they're honest, who doesn't have something from our past. And I'm not here to start a big group counseling session or anything. I am simply here to ask you to call out to the Lord. And bring the baggage to the Lord. And don't let the sins of the fathers be visited upon you. And if you're a parent, and I know not everyone is, but if you are, don't allow your baggage to screw up your children. Pray to the Lord that they will be better than you. That our sons and daughters will be stronger and more on fire for the Lord than we've ever been. And that they would serve and bless their generation. So we need to look up, and we need to be healed. So we're going to sing a beautiful song now. It's called You Alone Can Rescue, You Alone Can Save. If the band could come up, could we stand, please? I'm going to do a call for people to trust in the Lord for the first time. You've never really done it before. I'm going to do a call for those of us who've got a snake situation that you can look up and be healed. You know, can I say finally, if you've made a mistake and if you have been bitten or stung by a person or a bad decision, do you know, we can almost accept the Lord forgiving us but in my experience, we can't forgive ourselves. And we struggle to forgive ourselves. And so I'm going to appeal today that you would allow, if God has forgiven you, forgive yourself. We've got to move forward. You can keep looking in the rearview mirror at the shadows from the past, or you can move forward, look up, and be healed. Let's sing the song as a prayer. All close our eyes on the stage, off the stage. If you have never asked Jesus into your situation, and this is kind of new to you, 100% proof. and the trauma they've been through that you would heal them but also bless them with a double portion of blessing and I pray, oh God, you would